hello and welcome to Inspired to Try. I'm your host, Peter Ely, and next year I turn 50. And to distract myself from this fact, I'm in training for my second half Ironman next May. And in this episode, I have a very special guest, uh, Claire Doherty, who has done several Ironman races. So hello, Claire. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk to me. So would you like to give us a bit of an introduction about who you are, what's your experience, how many races you've done, how long you raced for, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, cool. So um, I think I sort of fell into to triathlon by mistake. I, I joined this running club because um, I became friends with somebody who was a, a really good um, runner. And she said, oh, come join my running club. So I, I joined. And after maybe six or eight months, I thought, oh, I really want to do a marathon. And I wasn't, I didn't really have the first idea about how to train for a marathon. So one of my other friends at the running club had this coach who happened to be a triathlon coach. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll sign up, to, up with him. Um, and at the same time, somebody else decided to sign up for a, um, a triathlon. It was only um, it was only a um, sprint. Right. And I thought, oh, that sounds all right. I'll be able to do it. Not really comprehending what was in the field. I just thought, oh, it's a bit swimming, but biking, you know. <laughs> and sprints are like, you know, they're full on because they're, they're yeah. short. They're really yeah. fun. <laughs> and it was kind of like this baptism of fire <laughs> because they could only breaststroke. I had this right. really crap wetsuit and <laughs> I basically remember getting into the lake and thinking I'm about to die because people were like swimming <laughs> over me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was absolutely freezing. I think it was something like the end of September or something when we decided yeah. to do it. So I was like shaking from the cold. I couldn't <laughs> feel my body. Oh my goodness. But um, nonetheless, I think the fact that I survived it, I was on such a high that I hadn't actually died. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm going to do another. Yeah. So I signed up with this coach and I said, oh, I want to do a marathon. By the way, why don't I do an Ironman? <laughs> so I went from a sprint to an Ironman. Wow. And um. I, I got I got to the Ironman and I think I did like a half or oh, I signed up for a half in my training program right in Wales one called Bala I don't know if you've heard of it yeah um, but we got there um, a bunch of us and the day before the race we swam in the lake and it was really nice and sunny it was like quite a nice day I'd already cycled part of the course a few months before, and I thought, well, I know it's really hilly, but it'll be fine. The swim was like my nemesis because I, I was such a bad swimmer. Right. So I was like, right, this is all good. Anyway, get to the day of the race. It's like about four degrees. It's oh. chucking it down the rain. Oh. People are actually being pulled from the lake with hypothermia. Oh, and, my God. You know, so I managed to swim and get out and get on my bike and I get halfway around the course and I just think I, I am really not enjoying this this is like dangerous I'm just not doing it um there were there were people kind of like hiding in phone boxes and there was like a sweep up car um van and it was coming and, and just taking people back to the kind of <laughs> the start oh my god so yeah I was a bit like oh I'm not sure if I can do an Ironman now actually mm. <laughs> Um, but then I did another, I did another half and I actually completed it. And 
I thought, okay, this this is bad. This does hurt a lot, but I think I can make a game of it. So I went to Austria and it was amazing. Um, Apart from I was very unwell. And uh, I, you know, you know what it's like you train for all these months you you know you kind of got this race plan in place well this rough thing I'm not yeah. gonna die is my basic <laughs> plan and um I still couldn't swim very well so I had some sort of like gastric thing going on where I was on the loo all night uh, I was being sick and um the day of the race I thought I'll just start and see what happens yeah. and I remember swimming and kind of looking up at one point I was kind of like about 600 miles away from everyone else I sort of like (laughs) and I sort of went oh so then I managed to swim back the other way and I literally got out the swim with one minute spare so it took me like over two hours I mean I was literally I wasn't the last person because some people didn't make it but I I remember thinking oh I think that's probably taken me about an hour and 45 minutes and I got out and went oh my wow oh wow yeah because that's hard I mean I finished um I finished it it was fine I walked most of the run um and then in the afterglow I kind of went right I'm gonna come back and do it again when I'm not ill yeah that's that's so amazing because I I did my swim sorry to jump in there no no go it resonates so much I did my swim and someone gave me a bit of advice and said put two swim caps on so that people don't knock your goggles off and I went in and I'm swimming away and I'm thinking no one's touching me no one's kicking me and I looked up and everyone was 10 meters to my right because I was pulling off to the left as well oh dreadful sorry yeah it's it's fine it's like yeah I'm glad I'm not the only one because of course you get all these really good swimmers and they know how to sight and they're and they're going like a bullet in a straight line yeah um and it yeah so so the next year I went back and I actually had some um had some swim coaching in between some some mental strength coaching actually because my problem was was that I was having panic attacks in the water um and so even when I went into a normal pool I was sort of getting to the stage where I was getting really anxious and I thought this is ridiculous um and it was amazing it worked for me so well I knocked like an hour and 20 minutes off my swim time or something the next year I yeah I did it in like an hour and 19 or something oh amazing I was really pleased um and um had a a great race the next year everything went really well for me I really loved it and then I said right that's it I'm not doing any more because I only ever wanted to do one and then we went on a family holiday and I'm lying by the pool going well, this is boring isn't it and one of my friends was I was on Facebook or something and my friend posted that she'd got some um you know code that, that allowed you to register for Ironman UK before anyone else you know if you if you've got this code and she wasn't using it so I sent her a message going can I have your code and before I knew it I booked on to Ironman oh amazing amazing yeah. um yeah it just sort of happened and then so I did that one in the UK which was really hard right. and then just by absolute chance I qualified for Kona oh <gasps> so Would, yeah I was I was like in, in, in my age group in your age in my group. age group so I wasn't even like in the because there was two places in my age group and um I only went to the award ceremony because I knew somebody else who who the, actually the winner, the female pro, um, right. Tamsin Lewis, 
So I went to see her get her trophy. And yeah, they were. So the way it works with Kona is that they call out the names of the people that have come first. And um, if, if somebody doesn't want it, they say, oh, no, thanks. I don't want to go this year. And it rolls down. It keeps rolling down. Right. And that's what happened, basically. It rolled down to me. I was like, my husband was going, good, take it. Because it was on, like, number five. And I was going, it's weird. Like, Yeah, who I'm wouldn't like, want to go? I don't I understand. Going, take it. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you obviously had to remortgage the house and stuff like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's even more expensive now. I mean, there's no way that oh, um, that I could afford to go now, but it was it was amazing. It was like the experience of a lifetime. It's it's like something else. It yeah. is really yeah because you can't you can't book a place. You have to qualify for Kona, don't you now? Yeah. Oh, Although I think I don't know if they're still doing their legacy thing where you know if, I think it was if you'd done ten Ironmen or twelve Ironmen, you 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 went you could. Um, have a place they oh, were okay. doing I think they might have stopped that now yeah um, I think what I, I read that I think it it's qualification only because there's so yeah. many so many times now so many that's right yeah oh that's amazing so we'll come back to Kona because I'd love to know a little bit more about that but um I found in Austria even though when, on the day that I was doing it they had their general elections and there was a chap who was more right-wing than a, a chap from the 30s and there was a lot of worry that he was going to get in. He didn't. But the people were amazing. I found that even under that pressure, the people in Austria were so lovely. So what, nice. was, what was your experience? So nice. Honestly, it's my favorite. It was the favorite Ironman that I've done out of all of them. Just the atmosphere is kind of really um, supportive. It reminded me a bit of running London Marathon. You okay. know, people are sort of partying and ringing bells and cheering you on and yeah. just being just being really nice it's yeah I we had the same thing and you know when you the day before and the couple of days after that we were there people would talk to us and they'd ask us oh did you do the race and how was it and yeah really nice it, it really was I I the run part for me was like 27 degrees it was really hot and people, yeah. people would be standing at the side of the road with buckets of water and sponges just to like wet you down and stuff. It was mm. really, really good. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And so what was Kona like then? I I, I, I love the idea. I, I always wanted to go to Hawaii as a kid. Um, yeah. But, but to race, it must be, oh my gosh. What was it like? Um, what, what was the experience? It, it was, it's a bit like, how do I describe it? It's kind of like surreal. There's some real characters there, almost say like caricatures of what, you know, an athlete is like. Um, yeah. I mean, I had really bad imposter syndrome. So I was going, I shouldn't be here. I'm not good <laughs> enough. I'm like, you know. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you look, everyone is like complete, totally ripped, really kind of like in tip top shape with all the latest kind of gear. And it's very. I don't know. I found it quite intimidating. Yeah. And uh, I also didn't find it that friendly. So I found the locals really lovely, beautiful people. Um, but I found that sometimes there was a little bit of an edge with people in the race. Not always, not not everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing. I mean, it's such a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food's fantastic um and it's just so well organized it's so well run so yeah um I think they only did it for the women this year didn't they 
Oh, really? They have to go. <laughs> yeah, they're the brands. Um, but you kind of get your own helper. So when you go and register and rack your bike, there's one person that's showing you kind of where things are. And when you come out of the water, that person is there to get your bag for you and help you dry your feet if you want. Or, yeah, it's really, really oh, good. Wow. Yeah. So um, it's like it's next level. It's so slick. It's so well organized. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, I I thought that you know the the Austria the the one that I did the St Paul and half I'm the same. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was so well organized, but we didn't have that. You know, you yeah, didn't have no. that level. Oh wow, yeah. that's incredible. And at the end, when you come over the finish line, you know, one of them meets you and then asks you, "Do you need a drink? Do you want to get something to eat?" You know, or maybe that was just me because I was about to doubt. <laughs> it looked like I was about to die. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's incredible. I, I asked I asked you a question before about um uh, sorry before re uh, before we did this I sent you some some questions and in one of your answers you said that you learned so much about yourself mm. from doing Ironman and that really resonates with yeah. me because you know you you really have to learn so many different things it's not just about the sports yeah. It's not just about the training and the and the nutrition. You learn about your own kind of yeah. abilities. So what did you learn about yourself? I just, so the main thing that I, I always used to feel really humbled by my body, like that it kept going and that like, you know, well, three months ago I could only run this far. Now I can run this far. And, and I, yeah. that blew me away that actually our bodies are just always supporting us no matter what we ask them to do yeah. um and I think you go to some really dark places or you can do in the race don't you like your part of you's going give up just give up give up and the other part of you is going keep going keep going so I think it it, it kind of demonstrates to you that actually you, you can keep going and you can push through things and if you do um, and if you stay in the present moment, if you're just focusing on the here and now, then the time passes, the race passes, and pretty soon you're over the finish line. And then you're so glad that you didn't give up. You're so glad that you didn't listen to that part of you that is going, let's just go and have a copper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It, it's like you, you've literally transposed into me back in 2016 because there was... There was a time in the swim I wanted to give up. There was a time on the bike leg I wanted to give up. And there was a time on the run where I just thought, this I'm not going to finish. So, yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I now, my medal is kind <clears throat> of, um, it, it's in pride of place for me. So what about yourself? Do you keep your medals on show? Are they kind of hidden away? What? No, I don't. And actually, I think I've only got the Kona one. I think I kind of, yeah. So I had like a big drawer full of all different medals from runs and triathlons. And, and uh, yeah, I was just a bit like, I'm not sure why I'm keeping them. I'm going to keep the Kona one because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um. But I'm not. I don't actually look at them. Um, I think I might have kept um, kept Austria and um, UK as well. But kind of all the other ones, the half ones and the Olympics and the things, I, I, yeah, I didn't keep. So, but I don't have them out. But I, you know, I don't see anything. I'm not not against people having them out or anything. It's just that it's yeah. No, yeah, and I, I know. And it, for me, I've kind of 
because I haven't raced more and it is my one and only medal at the moment, it sits on my wardrobe, the outside of my wardrobe. So yeah. that every morning when I wake up, when I doubt myself, when I think I'm not sure if I'm good enough, I'm not sure if I can't do, I look at that and go, oh yeah, of course I can. Um, I really like it, that. That's yeah. lovely. It, it, but it gives me that kind of feel, right? Because you yeah. do, you, as you say, you there are times through those races where you think, I can't, I can't, I can't. And yet there you are with your finisher medal showing that you can. Yeah. Um, awesome. So what advice would you give to a newbie or someone like me who's attempting their second race after seven years? So technically, I'm still a newbie, really. I, I would say... Don't underestimate the power of rest. I think that's the one thing. So I think it's really easy to get a training plan and to keep, and, you know, think of, I don't know if you do this, but I think of all the times that I would say, oh, I have to go for a run or I have to go on my bike. or But you don't have to really, do you? You're choosing to. Yeah. And I think we put pressure on ourselves and it's quite a competitive sport. I don't necessarily mean with other people, but I mean with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it's easy not to rest even when you're really tired. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, that get quite unwell because they don't rest, not not just in triathlon, but in sport in general. Yeah. And so I think that's really undervalued is the power of rest. So that's the one thing that I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's very, very true. You know, there's, there were times when I'd have a little bit of a sniffle and or, or probably a bit more than just a little bit of a sniffle. You know, you'd have a cold and you'd think to yourself, I need to get a swim in or I need to get, as you yeah. say, a run in. And you, you go and walk in the middle of December. I always remember December just being because it was so dark and I used to always go swimming on a Friday night and it would be cold and it would be dark and I'd be ill and I'd still get in the pool and do an hour and, mm kind of think yeah you know you really should actually just probably look after yourself so yeah no that's a really good point I like that um and it and it's funny about you talking about the competitive nature in in Kona I didn't really find that in St Poulton and that's probably because obviously I wasn't up at the the higher end I was I was looking for a finish that was my goal um, but I remember reading that the the the, the guys that set up Tough Mudder had said that they used to do Ironman triathlons and they found it to be really competitive and and not really um a helpful kind of community mm. and outside of the Kona race what did you think was it like that for you or was it more of a everyone was kind of jeering each other on um a little bit of both I think I think uh there are people who are obviously really quite competitive yeah. um but yeah, I don't. I I think maybe that was the first time that I realised it because I had gone there with just the expectation that I wanted to enjoy it and finish it, and yeah. I wasn't too bothered, you know, about times or anything like that. Yeah. Um. I think I noticed it more, and I think other people were kind of more focused, probably, and had their game faces on and were focused on, you know, doing their best. Yeah. Um. I mean, not everyone, obviously. And I think probably at other races I've been like that. So I hadn't really, I hadn't really noticed. I was too kind of concerned with like, am I going to survive today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is my illness going to kill me or not? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, 
I found myself, we talk about training plans and stuff, and I, and I found myself getting really heavily into spreadsheets and it would be like, you know, Monday's a run and I'd log my times. And I I, I think I spent almost, you know, certainly at the beginning time, I spent as much time building my spreadsheet as I did actually training. Um, did you find it was very data intensive or did you just kind of focus on the run was the plan sorted out for you by your coach how did it work for yeah you? so I just used to log on to training peaks and see what he wanted me to do um and right. I'd do that and and um it was it was nice and straightforward so I, I I do think it's data intensive in the fact that we all love a gadget though don't we oh, so yeah. we've got our, got our Garmin we've got want to know what the heart rate is what the pace is what that so yeah, that that I think it's data intensive or maybe data reliant in that way. You know, we're always kind of using that to kind of go, oh, I'm not as fast today or, oh, I need to get slowed down a bit today or, you know, that kind of thing, which I think to some extent is useful. But I, uh, looking back, I think that, you know, you can rely on that a little bit too much rather than listening to your body. Yeah. I was I was part of a group called a Facebook group called the Iron Man Journey. And, oh yeah, yeah. And someone posted um, a post at one point where there was a chap who who was now going through a relationship breakup because he was checking his heart rate while making love to his partner. And I just thought that's taking it a bit to excess, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. It made me laugh, but I was thinking mm. you've, you've got your priorities wrong if that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and forth um, with whether or not I want to get a tattoo, but I am really proud of what I've done. Have you got a, a tattoo or an M dot? Because there's loads of them out there to commemorate what you did. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't actually. Um, I, don't, I don't have any issues with people getting them, but I just... I always thought it was a bit like a brand. So kind of like a bit like might be having, you know, it's a bit like having Tesco's or First Direct or something tattooed on your body because oh. it's not actually. So I quite like the ones that are the dot brand because I think they're yeah. more kind of like triathlon-y, you know, yeah. individual swim, bike, run. But the actual dot, I just think, well, it's free. You're giving free marketing to them. They're a massive company that make all this money. Yeah. Oh, I never no. thought that. Oh, that's a that's a really good point. That's changed my opinion straight away. Thank you for that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. Um, when when you agreed, and thank you again for agreeing to chat with me. When you agreed, I did a little bit of um kind of background looking into your into your Facebook stuff, and there was a post where you talked about parenting yourself, and mm -hmm. I really liked that analogy. I really liked that analogy in. In hypnotherapy, we talk about um, helping people to manage themselves and give themselves discipline, where I find that can be quite a harsh term for people, whereas parenting yourself is a much nicer term. Um, so was that something that you had before competing? Did it evolve during or after? And, and what is it for you? What is that whole concept mm. of parenting yourself? You know what? I, I don't know. I think I was very disciplined during my training. But I don't think I parented myself very well because I didn't listen to myself. So I think you know, I maybe parented myself in a very kind of disciplinarian way, right? You must go swimming. You must, right. you know, don't be lazy. Whereas right. now I'm much more compassionate because I, I actually became very ill um, just before I went to Kona because I'd done 
uh, Ironman UK in the July and then Kona was in the October and wow. I didn't rest enough. Right. Um, and I didn't listen to my body and I burnt out. And, and because of that, I, I it changed my perspective on health, on my body, on so many things. So, you know, I don't regret any of it. Uh, and, and for a while afterwards, I kind of blamed Ironman. Oh, Ironman's really bad for you. I, but what I wasn't seeing was actually, no, I, I was just really bad for myself. I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't parenting myself in a balanced way. Right. And so for me, parenting ourselves is about, it's not its not just about being kind of strict with ourselves, but it's about having boundaries that support us in a loving way. So, you know, having a bit of understanding, a bit of self-compassion, um, allowing ourselves to step back and have space to breathe and to reflect so that we're not just constantly on the go all the time and and we're not you know we're not violating our own boundaries because I think that's something that's really easy to do when 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 you've got a goal in mind and you're driven you know whether that's 5k or whether that's an Ironman whatever it is um, if you want to cross that finishing line then it's very easy to be um you know um harsh with yourself and use lots of negative self-talk like oh you're just being lazy or you know come on you're gonna be wasting your time you're wasting all your time you've got this far and, and and you push yourself when when in reality some days you do need to pull back a little bit you do need to go come on not today Let, let's be sensible let's yeah you know come back tomorrow when you're feeling better um yeah. and so yeah i think it changed my approach and 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 change the way that I parent myself I would say yeah and and you said something really lovely there as well that it kind of I, I didn't even think of we talk about and a lot of people talk about setting boundaries and they're mm. generally about setting boundaries for others but we you're right we don't always look at the boundaries that we've set for ourselves that's a really yeah. fascinating point and really good ah thank you for that I'm learning so much thank you so much um, you you talked a bit about um, the the lady that won the race, the one the way you qualified for Kona. Um, I can't remember her name. That's terrible. Is it Trisha? Tamsin. Tamsin, Tamsin Lewis. Tamsin Lewis. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, the the we mentioned that the community is quite um, quite competitive and quite friendly. Was there anyone that you met? that left you awestruck I don't want to do negative stuff so I don't, don't yeah what, what so I've got I've got a friend actually she's called Paula Robinson and she's been to Kona at least four times she's probably qualified about six wow and she is now a triathlon coach and she's amazing yeah. so she when I was doing all my mental strength training between Austria the first time and going back the second time she was the one person that I always had in my mind like you know um what would Paula do in this situation if her goggles got knocked off in the swim or what would you know and she yeah. really um is inspirational and she's so humble and very balanced you know she's she's brilliant and not only that sickeningly she's really good at all the distances <laughs> she's brilliant at sprint she's brilliant at Ironman she's brilliant at hearts um but but you know she's just so grounded and so level-headed that she you know, she wouldn't be somebody that, you know, you wouldn't look at her and, and think, oh, she, you know, she's kind of, you know, got a, got a big head or anything like that. She's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so true. A friend, a friend of mine, I, I've not met any any kind of famous triathletes. 
but a friend of mine happened to be in Sardinia a couple of years ago when the world triathletes were on and he knows nothing about triathlon other than I've done one. And he said to me, Oh, look, this is on. He said, I'm staying at the G the team GB hotel. He said, I've been having breakfast with this guy called Johnny. And I went, it's Johnny Brownlee, mate. And he went, who's that? And I went, He's like the world's greatest triathlete. I said, he's one of the best in the world. I said, it's Johnny Brownlee. He went, I don't know. I don't know. He sends me a text the next day and he goes, I don't know if it is Peter. He's not a really nice guy. I said, what do you mean? He said, I asked him if he wanted to come and watch the race. And he said, no. I went, he's racing, mate. It's Johnny Brownlee. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I went, he's racing. He said, that's right, Peter. Yeah, he said he was racing. And then finally, he finishes the race in 55 minutes and he sat down. Johnny Brownlee sat down at the end. He went, my friend texted me again. He went, seriously, Peter, I don't like him. He went, I offered him a beer and he wouldn't take it. And I'm like, he just finished the race, mate. I went, he's probably dying. But yeah, so they, people are, they're so, he, he was lovely. Johnny Brownlee was lovely to him and, and was really lovely. And I think um, you're right. People in triathlon don't get that very, they don't, they don't see, they seem more grounded than other sports people, I find. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, yeah. Um, so you're not racing anymore. What is it mm -hmm. that you're doing now? Is that, do you work still with people in triathlon? Is it something else? Tell me about what you're doing. So, yeah, so I, I, so I'm originally a physio. So I've always helped people with like sports injuries and um, things like that, musculoskeletal injuries. And then when I was not very well, I got really interested in nutrition. So mm -hmm. I do some sports nutrition for people. Yeah. For triathletes and runners and different people, as well as, all sorts of you know regular people that aren't athletes and um, I'm also a coach as well now so I do lots of stuff around supporting people who have got illness or um, symptoms um, supporting them how to kind of um, bring their bodies back into balance and connect with their bodies and listen with their bodies and understand what might be contributing to their patterns so uh, to their symptoms so for example all of our behavior contributes somehow to our health. And, and I don't mean that in a really negative way, such as like, oh, it's your fault, you get ill. What I mean is, is you know, aside from obvious things like the food we eat or if we smoke or if we choose to exercise or not. Yeah. Even 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 other things contribute to our health. So if if I was still kind of being really harsh with myself and talking to myself negatively and forcing myself to do lots of exercise... I would still be really unwell probably um, because that was actually contributing to my lack of rest. So I'm big on kind of helping people to understand what they're doing right, but also what they might like to change in order to try and um, get some shifts in their health. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And um, two things there nutrition is a big one i i kind of remember and i remember i got out of a swimming pool one day i'd done four hours in the pool and i was able to eat a burrito like scooby-doo i was like oh, God, God, God. yeah um but it, it i like I, I work in kind of solution focused approach and in solution focused things and you mentioned a lot of the, a, a little bit there that you you kind of going through that when you had some negative self-talk what was your solution how did you how did you overcome that issue of negative self-talk um I think I didn't have a choice I like became so unwell that I was like really depressed I literally couldn't get out of bed some days I was you know I, I by the time I got to work I'd be like wanting to get back into bed 
so I got to the stage where I kind of thought this is this is kind of getting crazy and I was getting all these tests back that were showing that my thyroid wasn't doing what it you know should be doing and I had gut issues and all sorts and in the end I just sort of thought what am I doing I need to I need to stop and I need to rest and I need to I need to just be kinder to myself and so I think it was just kind of like this gradual progression where I realized that actually it's really helpful sometimes to be accountable to people outside of us like a coach or a nutritionist or whatever but actually we have to be accountable to ourselves first and what I was doing was I was being accountable to people external to me um I was putting them before myself basically and so I had to kind of you know go through this process of thinking well actually that that's not really helping me now it was helping me a few months ago but now I actually have to listen to my body and instead of kind of you know making all the things on um my plan green because I've done them (laughs) it doesn't really matter if I don't do them and so I just I, I kind of moved coaches at that point and I was working with a um a really lovely coach actually who knew that I'd been very unwell and I think reined me in quite a lot because he he right. sort of knew that if he didn't I'd be making myself really unwell um and I just said to him one day you know I think I think that I'm gonna have to stop um and he said I think that's probably a good idea um so yeah I just oh, nice. I just yeah I just stopped and I stopped I stopped trying to push myself and I think it was just a gradual process, really. Self care is the most important thing, Mm. and it's it's not selfish. I think is the is the message. That's that's fantastic. And so, where? No, sorry. It's quite tricky, though, isn't it? Because you know, on the one hand, self care is exercise and looking after yourself, and I think that's why it becomes hard for people because you know there is there is a lot of encouragement and push to be active quite rightly so because it does impact our health positively so then when you're not exercising you do hear that little voice telling you that you're lazy and it's it's learning to discern actually that actually when you're really tired or when you're unwell it's not being lazy it's being sensible yeah yeah it's very true and and there are times that you do because because you train so hard to do these things you do just become tired. I think for me, I, I, I mean, I was probably I'm not even probably, I was nowhere near any the levels that you were at, but I would go off and I'd do a run and I'd come home and have an hour's nap. You know, it was, mm. it was that kind yeah. of thing. But how can people get in touch with you? Um, so how can they find you if they're interested in um, working with you? Um, so my website is my name, Claire Doherty co.uk um i'm also on instagram um which is claire doherty underscore alchemist or you can email me which is claire Do- uh, hello at claire doherty uk fantastic and and why the alchemist i love that title but why alchemist because i pull together all of my skills from physio nutrition coaching uh psychology to support my clients so it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I mix it all together (laughs) that's wonderful that's brilliant Claire it's been a genuine pleasure chatting with you thank you for sharing your experience um, and for the tips Um, and I'm definitely not going to get an M dot tattoo (laughs) thanks so much great chatting all right cheers bye-bye bye
So what did I learn from talking with Claire? Rest is really important and you need to build that into your training schedule. And don't worry if things go wrong, because as Claire said, you can always go back and do it again. Take care and I'll see you on the next episode.